Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Dylan at Thunder Jazz, coming to you with a word from our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. It is playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. BetOnline is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Topic Thunder. I am joined today late, late Friday evening by the one who joins us late on Friday evening. It is Stephen Dolan. Steve, how's it going? It's going good. You're still adjusting to the YouTube situation. You know, we have a lot to learn. We're learning slowly. We, we saw complaints about Alex's lighting last week. We'll see what he does. He might be on later. Mm. We'll see what he's what kind of lighting he's going with. I realized a lot of pressure that having the laptop in my lap gave me a look like like this. The fat face. It's not the most flattering angle. I had never like mm-hmm. gone and actually done some research and watched our own YouTubes. So yeah. camera higher. Very slimming in the neck region. We're doing it. Yeah, I I was gonna say at some point, but I've learned as we've we've been very blessed um, to have some some uh, uptick in viewers on the YouTube, and that's a great thing for the brand. But at the same time, I've learned that no matter what you do, when you get more views and more clicks and all that there's always going to be somebody that says something negative and i think that is also something to take into account because maybe the lighting and whatever that could work that we could do better on that but you have to parse you have to be able to parse what's just like rampant negativity and what's like you know yes i was in the dark we were in the dark Somebody's light was just, there was a floodlight on somebody's forehead at some point. That's, that's a fair critique. So all of that said, we're working on it and we're, we hear you and we're going to continue to improve as best. Progress isn't linear, you know, progress is not linear, but we're here and uh, we're here for the fry pod. We were going to do a podcast yesterday uh, because that was when the trade deadline happened. Um, but life got in the way. I had some stuff with work that complicated things. We had planned to go live around 4 p.m. Central. 
and they fell through. So we decided, hey, let's just wait till today, our normal podcast, and talk about it all. And a few things, I mean, a, a few small things broke since then, but not anything like Thunder related. But um, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, the Thunder train deadline was pretty good. Shout out to B in the chat. We appreciate you as always. We love our we love our regulars. No matter what time we, <laughs> no matter what time we stream, we appreciate you. Um, but yeah, Steve, the the Thunder trade deadline was pretty good. I put out something on the Twitter about what what our grade was, and everybody said about a B, a B plus. There were some things that you know could have gone better, but overall, it was a pretty good trade deadline. So. Let's let's just break it down for everybody. At this point, if you're listening, you probably already know what's happened. Um, but just to quickly recap it, the Thunder made a trade with the Charlotte Hornets. They gave or they uh, acquired Gordon Hayward. They traded Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, Vasan Micic, and two second round picks. Um, and in addition to that, also uh, got a trade pick swap with the Dallas Mavericks in 2028 for their 2024 pick uh, this year. So all in all, did not give up any trade assets uh, and got on their team a player that is going to make an impact if he's healthy. And I think that is the important caveat there, if he is healthy. So I... Uh, if Alex joins the podcast, which he may at some point, we'll see. He's he's had some stuff come up with work, but Alex and I both had the same initial reaction, which we were like, "This is boring. This sucks." And as the day went on, the day being Thursday, uh, we slowly grew into liking the deal, and seeing that Gordon Hayward could make an impact, could be a guy that come playoff time is going to not only bring really good offense, he can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble, he can do all the basketball things, uh, but he can also play pretty decent defense. Um, and so it, to me, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that Gordon Hayward deal. Um, I think worst case scenario, if he gets hurt again, for whatever reason, we don't sign him and we have a lot of cap space the off season. Um, and best case scenario, he makes us uh, a positive impact in the playoff run. So there's a lot of potential and a lot of upside to, to this trade. And uh, Steve, I know you've talked about it. I think you've been pretty high on Gordon. Um, and I want to get your thoughts just in general on this Gordon Hayward trade before I move forward. Yeah, well, the first time I started thinking about Gordon Hayward was <clears throat> there's a, a Rockets fan I follow, F-Tank, who mm. was just kind of rim, he, he was just kind of ruminating on who the Thunder's Andre Iguodala could be, saying, like, we needed that one missing piece that the Warriors got to kind of vault them to the next level, you know, that role player piece. And so I was just thinking, like, who's a guy who has made an all-star team in the past but is kind of past that point in his career and is ready to, like, just fit into a role playing, you know, probably bench role. 
and come in and just fill in some gaps and you know help, help grease the wheels a little bit and gordon hayward was like really the only one i could think of who was like feasibly available on this trade deadline um so i've kind of been like think hoping we got him for a long time so i was i was very happy i think he's like you said a perfect fit on offense he can shoot past dribble um we tweeted from the topic thunder account um a picture from that utah game and down the stretch and we all know like the three-pointer getting missed from the corner missed pretty badly there was a big moment in the game but the thing you I, or I didn't realize at the time, like, yeah, I knew he had an open corner three, but it was because they were just like, they were in a zone and they were straight up double teaming Shea, like way out past the top of the key. And Giddy, like the closest person to Giddy was in the lane completely. Um, and so you look at that picture and it's just like, Gordon Hayward can do more or less, like he's not the passer. He's not going to be the slob wizard. You know, he's not like a, a magician with passing like Giddy is, but he can handle the ball. He can run a pick and roll. He can operationally run an offense. In the meantime, you can't just ignore him in the corner like that. Right. Also, he's six nine. So like we're not he he's not like an elite rebounder or anything. Giddy his effort in that area has kind of come and gone throughout the season. But Giddy's a good rebounder. Gordon is a small step down in that area. It's true. But he's six nine, and he can provide some size still. He can replicate a lot of what Giddy does on the defensive end. Like it's not going to be worse. And at the same time, if Giddy isn't working in a game, Mark has an option that he can go to that isn't going to just completely downsize us, like Kaysen Wood or like Joe Wood. Like we able, we're able to still say stay relatively large, you know, as large as we get, uh, which which I'm sure we'll address in a little bit. Um, but without taking anything on that end off the table, add a lot on the offensive end. So I'm really into the trade and just for another reason is it's basically purely additive in the playoffs. Like none of the assets we gave up second round picks, obviously Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, or even I think Vasa Micic would have been impact players in the playoffs um, or maybe even mm -hmm. seen the court at all, frankly. So whatever Gordon gives us in the playoffs is purely additive to the roster, in my opinion. Yeah, I I saw a lot of so I, I mean I when this trade first came out, it was just Trey Man and Bertons, but everybody pretty quickly realized that the money didn't work. And a lot of people speculated that it would be Poku, it would be maybe Usman Jang. And then when it finally came out that it was Micic, I think people were a little bit more surprised. I was in that camp. Um, and the general idea behind Micic has been that he's not going to make playoff minutes. And I don't know if that's and this is again coming well not again but this is coming from somebody that's not gonna i i don't know I, i'm just saying this is a speculative argument but i i feel like the the idea that mitrich wouldn't make any playoff minutes seems a little rushed because he could based off what we have seen in his performances he does have some some defensive liabilities but he could have made um, some time in the playoffs in some particular settings. And 
uh, I, I feel like to write him off as if like he's he's kind of a nobody was a little bit rushed. But that that is an opinion. I probably I, I think most Thunder fans would probably disagree with that. Um, but I also think that it. I, well, I, I just I saw a lot of. He could, I just don't think he could stay on the court defensively. Like I think he was just yeah. too slow footed. Um, Big Mike S thirteen says Haywood Haywood is six seven not hey, six Wood. nine, and I just looked it up at the combine. He measured six eight with shoes, so we're gonna split the difference on that one. Um, I'll get I'll go one inch, you go difference. one inch. We'll meet in the middle. Um, we'll meet in the middle. Topher B but says I, I also... be similar to what Derek Fisher was back in the day, but taller. And I think taller being key though, right? Because we have other options other right. than Giddy if it's not working. Like I mentioned, we have Case and Wallace. Mark loves Case and Wallace, but we're just so tiny for closing. If it's Case and Dort, Shea, Jalen, and Chet, like that's such a tiny lineup. Now we have an option, and I don't know about you, Topher, but I have you know flashbacks of Derek Fisher <laughs> trying to guard, um, trying to guard Tim Duncan in the post in the playoffs in that overtime. Um, and so you know, mm. I would like. Gordon Hayward's chances a little better in a situation like that in a switch. A little bit. We're still sending a double, but you know, at least he's six eight. At least he's six eight. Yeah. Um, it definitely was a little. I think the reason most people are thinking that it wasn't the perfect trade deadline was because the the main thought was get Chet some help. Get like a backup big and yeah, Gordon Hayward has a little bit of size, but he's not like a, he, he's not a clean the glass type of guy. Um, no, the thunder have fully and entirely committed to their vision of the team, which is Chet at center and basically yeah. small ball. Other than that, maybe with some Jalen minutes, especially in the playoffs. Like I think we're going to see probably equal parts, Jalen Williams, Jay Will at center minutes and Kenrich Williams minutes at center. Like that's just what this team has decided they're going to do. If you look at the stats, like we are trading rebounds for turnovers and the advantage we've created with those, those trade-offs is in field goal efficiency and an opponent field goal efficiency. So, you know, that's the decision that they've made and they're going to ride it till the wheels come off. I think that's kind of one of the things that Sam Presti says he wants to see in the playoffs, right? He's going to see how this strategy works, if it can hold up. Because, like, uh, do you, you remember in the 2016 playoffs, right? Like, we bludgeoned the Warriors on the glass when we were I mean, we were huge. We killed them on the glass, and it worked a couple games, and that was great. But at the end of the day, their field goal efficiency was just, like, impossible to overcome especially when we started shooting badly. So that's the trade-off decision they made. I also would have liked, I would have preferred to get a backup big. That, that was what I thought was the obvious thing to address. Kelly Olenek went for mm -hmm. a bad first, you know, a worse first than we gave for our swap. <clears throat> I would have been down to make that trade. Um, I think it's obvious the reason they didn't do it is they don't want another big. So, you, you know, you can dis disagree with that if you want, but it's not like Sam Presti, made a mistake and didn't realize Olenek was available for trade. Yeah, I feel like that's, I feel like Sam Presti knew quite well Yeah, he decided, no, thank you. Um, the Utah Jazz are kind of in an interesting spot 
Um, yeah. I, I'm very, I'm very much hoping that this tr uh, pick does not convey right now because we currently have their lottery pick, um, which would put us at, I believe, two first round picks because Correct. we traded away the other one. Actually, because we traded the, we had the, we have the Rockets second. We traded that in the Hayward deal. And then we had, we have four picks actually four firsts the worst of which is currently with the with um i don't know who even has it anymore <laughs> the rap just, oh, now, just utah did this. now utah has it yeah okay it's we don't have utah. the worst of the picks is gone utah has it the second worst of the picks is gone the wizards now have it so we're left yes. with the best or we're left with the best however many are remaining after that two uh, which you it's know the, two right now it the, could be as low as zero theoretically. Uh, so you don't want the Jazz pick, which is top ten protected this mm -hmm. year, top ten protected next year, top eight protected the year after that, and then vanishes into air. Um, you don't want it to convey this year. Say more. You about do want that. it to convey later. I I uh, definitely. Oh, and we. Oh my God, Steve, we have a surprise guest on the podcast. I I don't know how many times this guy is going to do this live on youtube but uh we have maddie moles again again what, what up again he is joining us without Hi. warning it's Hi. it's it's maddie moles so real quick we'll get to maddie moles in a sec but the the utah pick is interesting because the chicago bulls did not do a goddamn thing uh this trade deadline so they're probably going to stay the course. The Atlanta Hawks did not do a goddamn thing. They're probably going to stay the course. And they're Those both ahead both of in the play-in right now. You know, like. They're both in the play-in right now. But they're also both I don't think that's smart ahead. of them to be, but they are. They're currently both ahead of the Utah Jazz in terms of their draft picks right now, in terms of odds. So with the Utah Jazz giving up Kelly Olenek and then uh, Fontacino, or however you say his name, Fontaine. They gave up those whatever they gave up, up their beverage. <laughs> sounded and it sounded delicious. Like they gave Fontacino, up, please. Yeah, one Fontacino. <laughs> they they gave up those like periphery guys, and I think they're gonna probably dip a little bit. Probably get in the top ten in terms of draft picks. We don't have to trade to draft that pick anymore, and we convey it next year. And we get out of this draft class that everybody has said so far is not that great. I'm personally a little bit of a devil's advocate on the draft class thing, by the way. But as far as every, every smart draft guy has said, this is not the draft class you want to be. So it, the, the less draft picks we can take this year, the, the happier I will be for the moment. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's it. Maddie, what do you think? Do you want the Jazz pick to convey this year or not? Your pick is now my pick. When you dip, I dip, we dip. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that gives us flexibility. We win either way, right? Like we could go to next year, carry it over. It's fine. Maybe we could package it with our other pick. Uh, that's the Rockets pick, unless they end up sucking enough to get it protected. Um and and go up and just get who we want like i i'll be shocked if if even if we have two picks 
that we carry over two rookies onto next year's team. I just mm-hmm. don't see that happening. I was uh, playing around on Spotrack earlier today before the the Waters news, um, and I was just like, man, like we can add one more person to this team maybe. Otherwise, we're going to have to like make another move. But um, I I don't know. It's too early, right? Like one thing uh, about Presti is he has his guys and he he targets those guys. And uh, the Victor Oladipo class, I remember like at one point we've had like three or four of those guys on that uh, from that class on our roster at one point. And that was widely regarded as a fairly weak class too. So um, it it's just one of those things. Like I trust our front office to make the right decision a lot more than other front offices. We'll find the right person to put in there. And if we've got to overpay to move up like one or two spots to ensure we get our guy, like that's going to happen. I, I don't know. Like, at this point, I'm just so happy the way that the team's going. We're in the, we're at the top of the Western Conference, and we still get to talk about lottery picks. Like this is just ridiculous, uh, spoil of riches that we have in OKC. Yeah, I'm. I, I agree with what you said, Maddie. That it's a win-win situation because I've been of the mind basically all year. If we can get this pick in like 11 to 14, like I'll take that. I'm never gonna look present value of a, a late lottery pick in the eye and in, in the eye sideways what's the expression i'm looking for never gonna look a gift pick in the eye um but <laughs> perfect but i also see all the benefits of it delaying i mean we're we're kicking cans down the road aggressively we just did it like for basically no reason or you know no other reason like it wasn't in the in a larger trade that we needed to be in we just wanted to kick that can down the road and increase its upside so like I get the benefit of that. Then we'd have several picks or, or, you know, a a few picks in a swap in next year's draft, which is considered a lot better. Um, The odds that Utah is like in the top 10 and then in the top eight the year after, like, I don't think they have the stomach for that kind of committed rebuild. I mean, here they are kicking around the play in again this year. They're they're not going to, you know, commit to a tank for three more years. I don't see it. So I I see the benefits both ways. I'm going to be happy no matter what happens. I I wanted to talk a little bit about Houston's spot in the standings, and this feels like a good place to wedge it in. We're on like kind of a crazy tangent mm-hmm. off the trade right now. But are. you look at the standings right now, Houston has pull it up. the tumble up the tankathon board. They're currently in 10th, yes. a half game away from Atlanta in the ninth spot. Um, and they play tomorrow, by the way. Atlanta and Houston play tomorrow. So that'll be Currently a funny in the 10th spot as Thunder fans. And what I love about the way the standings have broken this year, uh, shout out Mike S13, who did mention this pick in the chat, by the way. What I love yes. the, about the way the standings have broken this year is that Houston is now two games away from the play-in in the West. But the teams they're fighting against, well, not that they care, but the teams that we have them fighting against on the Tankathon board are in the play-in in the East. So, like, these teams are not ones that are just going to, like, fold it up and tank. Houston won't either. I mean, because in my eyes, like, the top six teams are kind of impenetrable. Like, they're not going to catch the Grizzlies. They're not going to catch the Blazers. So, they're locked in, in my opinion, to this, like, 7 to 11 range where the Thunder have very strong odds at getting the pick. 
you know, somewhere from 60% to 90% in that zone and are going to get, it looks like, like a mid to late lottery pick, which was kind of the dream all along. And I don't know, did you guys ever get worried? Were you ever like, ah, Houston's going to make the playoffs? Because I never really did. (laughs) No. Honestly, I always thought this kind of tumble was coming. It it was, it it felt like a, what's the phrase? Like a house of cards kind of thing. Like it was, it was built very hastily with right. Dylan Brooks and and whoever was out there. Fred VanVleet. Yeah. They just got guys and, you know, maybe they get lightning in a bottle, but they didn't. And yeah, it, it kind of is now like tumbling down a little bit. So that Houston pick, it's probably going to stay right there. Shout out Moles. By the way, Moles, uh, I'm, I'm watching the chat. Your your profile pick is the exact same as our YouTube profile pick on YouTube. Very confusing. Yeah. Very confusing. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess I put that in there because it was like trying to I, spread I, the no, love I, of the of the logo. Exactly. I, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But I and just, it's a, I looked at it. I thought I tweeted something or I texted it's a, something in there. It's a perfect circle, so it like fits beautifully over there. It does. Um, it does. And to be fair, I rock that even uh, on my mainly Broncos podcast too. So oh, damn. shows a little love and gives a little the, you know what's what's popping to, to all the Nuggets fans. Like, hey, I haven't yeah. forgotten. Um, we back. We so back. Uh, so yeah, yeah I appreciate it. That. It's it's just a little a little you know uh, to them as well. Yeah. So th- that's that's great. I love that. But uh, yeah, the the Houston situation. I think they're probably just sitting right like exactly in that spot. I don't think they're gonna get anywhere near out of the lottery. I don't think they're gonna get anywhere near like you said, Memphis. They're just going to sit exactly in that range. And that's great. We'll get that one pick. And then hopefully Utah just or maybe slides two. right in. We, maybe two. Get, but it, you know, we might get the eighth pick or we might get the eighth and the twelfth. In which case, I'll, you know, I'll live with that. If that happens. I'll live with it. But but ideal situation, like if I'm, if I'm really rooting for the base case scenario, we get one pick and, and that uh, Utah pick defers to next year and maybe the 2025 draft class is a little bit better who knows mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm i'm very happy draft wise with with the situation there's a, there's another draft thing i want to talk about later but uh maddie what i, I want to let you talk about this first so yeah um i was very confused at the deadline like for what action or inaction some teams had like toronto atlanta i get brooklyn they have to thread the needle they have to try to still be competitive while not owning their own picks but like if those reports for mikhail bridges uh to houston to get all their own stuff back was true like you gotta just do that i don't know how true that was um chicago standing pat even with the levine injury like just baffled me like take what you can get and move on. Um, Golden State staying the way that they did. Now I know that they balled out a couple of nights ago. Wiggins had a good performance and all of that. Like there's just a lot of teams in that range that we care about that are in the Houston to Utah range that really didn't uh, 
didn't do what you would expect them to do. And it, it threw me for a loop because all we've heard about over the last month leading into the deadline was that these picks don't matter. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the, the 2024 first round doesn't have much equity and that proved to just not be, not be true. It still held a little bit of value, but those teams are still like kind of like quasi wanting to be on the fringe of the play in. It's just weird to see these organizations not make a stance one way or another at this point in the, in the season. Yeah. And I think the play in has gone a long way toward that toward kind yeah. of stagnating the, the selling market because in years past like atlanta and a clear divide. would be so far out of the playoffs out of the eight seed that they'd be like what is the point of this like let's let's right. pivot but right now they're like hey look we're in the 10 like that's not good but you know i like i wonder what would we have done last year if the 10 seed wasn't there, like, would we have chased the eight or would we have won 34 games? Like, I don't know. Maybe we got, we might've gotten tempted up by the 10 seed. So it's not like I can be that high and mighty about it. It's just, you know, we're a team with an upward trajectory. Like Chicago is the one that jumps out as the craziest to me for not blowing it up. Like, what are you guys doing? Like take your two first round picks for Alex Caruso. Just take it, man. Uh, Davis Ray points out that LA and golden state doing nothing was crazy i agree yeah like same like, reason are you are you happy in the plan golden state right now is tied for the 10 or the 11 seed like that's what you're going with they are playing creative players i swear i watched one of their games last week they have guys that i have never seen before i do not never from. and like they generated them in the lab it's crazy. And they don't have, they don't really have that history of like, like there was a, a brief moment there where they were going to two timeline it um, at the same time. Oh my God. I'm having a, who did they trade to the wizards? Just total brain collapse. Corey here. Joseph. Jordan yeah. Poole. Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. My goodness. So they were trying to do this two timeline things. Meanwhile, they had found Jordan Poole out of nowhere. It looked like they were one of the like hot developmental teams in the league. Light years ahead. Erased. I mean, like Kaminga's looked pretty good lately, so that's great. But if you're like they're one for eight right now. So like I don't know what their plan is. I think they needed to cash some chips in and try to stay relevant because Steph Curry has been on fire. So and yeah, like what's LA gonna do? They didn't duck the tax. Or go for it. There's a lot of teams that that just did that, like just kind of did nothing. Like the the Chicago Bulls did absolutely nothing. We mentioned that the 76ers, like that was the most confusing trade deadline of all time. The fact that they bad. like, what are they supposed to do? Like, you know, they but they, they keep traded powder dry for this summer, but it's like, and it's like, how aggressive are you supposed to be? The season is basically lost. But why would you? Why would you get Buddy healed and then you trade away Patrick Beverly for basically nothing? Which I get, Patrick Beverly's not like giving you twenty points a night or whatever, but he's kind of a glue guy. He's like, he's kind of like the defensive anchor. Like, why would you give that up if? If you're gonna also bring in uh, Buddy, I, I don't know that there were a lot of teams that 
just felt like they didn't know what to do with the trade deadline. And maybe some of those were, like we said, the the uncertainty of how to play the, the play-in turn games, but the 76ers makes no sense. Like either you tank this season because Embiid is out because of injury, or you just try and hope he comes back. But they kind of did yeah. both. They kind of did think both. That's it. I think they're hoping he can come back for the playoffs, you know. So they just have to try to stay out of the play in range, but they've been really bad lately. Um, do we want to, do we want to like follow our breadcrumbs back up this tangent and get back to like, Maddie, how did you feel about the Gordon Hayward trade? Uh, yeah, Maddie I love the first part. I love it. Um, it gives me inspiration for my, what my hair is going to look like when I get out of the military. Yeah. Um, my wife's already on board. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love 33. I think 20 would have been pretty freaking dope. Uh, some somewhere along the line, something in that range. Um, Davis Berton's okay. Like the salary, we knew it was going to get moved. Trey Mann hurts like a little bit of chemistry, but I think everybody gets it and they want him to start playing for his career, potentially his next contract. I think that that's not going to be any type of division amongst the players. Like they, they get the circumstances there. Vasa, he hadn't been around long enough to really like cement himself as a culture builder within the team. And honestly, he wasn't like, I think the thunder putting him in this trade while Steve, I did, I did read your, your uh, conspiracy theory about Poku initially being the, the one who was in it. Oh, and I haven't, I haven't made that public yet. <laughs> Whoa, Maddie. Oh, why did Maddie, I think that was no. on Twitter? Don't release it. Cut, cut it. Cut it. No, my bad. My bad. Um, well, you you had you had a theory about like why? Because the the thing is, if anybody that was following it right, uh, Andrew Schlecht was all over the place, and he thought initially that it was going to be Poku that was in in the trade As did instead I. of yeah. in, instead of Vasa. Um, and there might be some other reasons why it went that way. Well, so I, I can just say it. I so I have a conspiracy theory, and I hope it's not true. Because sorry, to, sorry to expose wait. you, man. My bad. <laughs> let's 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 give everyone a second to clip this. So if you're watching on live right now, no, start your recording I'm right disclaimer now. Disclaimer: Every five seconds. My, not, okay. My bad. My bad, Dolan. Okay. Um, I hope it's not true because it would mean that we got got a little bit. Um, just kind of got leveraged in the moment, but. There's a chance that what happened, because this trade worked with Poku it, along with right. Bertans and Mann. However, Gordon Hayward has this like $1.5 million trade kicker. And with that, that's not enough salary. Poku doesn't work. So I think there's a chance that what happened is they thought they could do this trade and they thought they could talk Gordon Hayward into waving his trade kicker. We see that all the time especially when a vet wants to get out of a bad situation and get to a contender. We see it happen a lot. So I think Mm -hmm. they thought, or if this theory holds, they thought they could get him to wave his trade kicker and he would not wave his trade kicker. So then at the last minute they had to add more salary. And the only way to do that would be add one of our minimum guys, which they're all good. (laughs) It's like, we wouldn't do that. Like Wiggins, right. Jalen Williams, J will, um, or swap Poku out 
for Vasa. In which case, the two second round picks would have been added because he had $21 million or $14 million of future money on his deal. So I think there's a chance that rather than scuttle the deal when he wouldn't waive his trade kicker, Presti was forced to add more assets to get it done, which I hope it's not true. And it's just me speculating, obviously, but it just kind of makes sense with that makes sense. Trade kicker being exactly the amount that would have pushed Poku into not being enough salary. And with the order of how it was announced and with no trade compensation mentioned, and then it came out later that there was a couple picks and like actually decent picks. Like right now, the 40th pick in this draft was one of the ones I was expecting the seconds to be like worst of like, I think Presti wanted to get it done and they were like, it's about to explode, you know, and we know (sighs) you can play the leverage like and it can happen to anybody. In a bad in a bad situation, so I think there's a chance that's what happened. But I have I have a counter to that, um, slightly. That that might that might be a uh, that has logic as well. So Presti's been building a relationship with Michich for a couple of years now since we got the rights to him in the Al Horford deal from uh, Philly, and we've been trying to bring him over, waiting till we're competitive. Gave him a hefty contract to allow for a trade like this to happen and him to get compensated for coming over and whatnot. Um, there's a chance that he wouldn't have been able to make the, to play uh, in the playoffs. Like he perhaps could have gotten exposed a little bit. Yeah. Um, and this was, this might be a situation where it's allowing him to save his reputation a little bit establish you know what he wants to do in the nba and i he was a star in europe right he he could do no wrong there it required a lot uh there were 21 million reasons for him to come to the nba and he Mm -hmm. got to play with a team that was competitive but in the playoffs i don't know that those minutes would have been there and definitely after getting gordon hayward they certainly weren't going to be there so No, there's a silver this, lining for all those players for sure. Yeah. What what got me thinking about this is and Davis Ray in the chat, how did Poku survive? And that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked on here during the S Poku ex Pokuze episode. Like we know that relationship with the team was broken earlier in the year. Um since then Poku has only been the very last person in the game off the bench. That's the only minutes he's played ever since he, you know, said this is the last time I'm going to the G League back in the at about a third of the way waved, through the year. Waved the white Poku flag. Yeah. So like I think I feel very confident that they wanted to include him in the trade. And that's why I'm like, okay, how could it have fallen apart? And that's the only thing yeah. I can think of. Um and so having said that at this point, it's like, is he gonna get waived? Like they already converted Lindy Waters today. Um Maybe mm-hmm. Poku will just get waves so they can convert the other two. Like that could totally happen. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a pretty f- interesting theory. The because of the timing and because of the way it came out, like in the news, and also the fact that like everybody and their mother thought that Poku was out the door at some point. You got to think that he was part of this trade package. 
Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna run with it. Um, Hestel lives. I don't know if you said that right. I was thinking they kept Poku because he's expiring, and the other three had future salary. They opened up almost 18 million in cap next season. And that's true. Um, I just, you know, I yeah. I hesitate to ascribe things that did happen to being necessarily intentional. Like it, I think it's nice that we opened up that much cap space. It's great. And it will have its benefits. But I I I'm just not sure that it's not just a silver lining of what happened. But again, I'm just I'm just speculating. Um it's totally possible that this was always the plan and that they were just yeah. haggling over which second round picks are you going to send us because we don't really want Mitsuch's money? Um, and that that was always the way the negotiation was going to go. But, you know, he's right. The, th- the Thunder now lined up to have almost $40 million in cap space next offseason. There's a lot of cap um, space. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't, I was actually, I was just like window shopping, browsing the list of impending free agents. There wasn't really anybody like, that, like, like 50 cent. To me. Yeah, when, window shopper. Okay, and yeah, but there wasn't anybody really who jumped out to me. But as we know, there are lots of lots of different ways to use cap space. Um, so yeah, it will be nice to have. One of the ways I'm sneaky hoping they use it is just like give everybody who's eligible a little bonus so they can get them a little cheaper down the line. So like I talked to John John Ham briefly about this and um, Wiggins, they could do that with. Just give him a one-year balloon payment and then like a four-year really cheap extension. Um, Isaiah Joe isn't quite eligible for that same thing, but they could give him, they could decline his option and give him a raise that's a declining um, contract, not like up and straight crash back down, but you know, declining 8% or whatever they're allowed to do. Um, And then another one that was suggested to me by someone else is maybe they can, so Gordon Hayward is extension eligible right now. They could give him a one year, like an extension that is big enough that people on Twitter would yell about it, but it's only one year. And then every year after that is a team option. And then just have like a very tradable contract next year. So like cap space means flexibility. Sam Presti loves flexibility. Like it might just be what the plan was. And now we have a lot of options this off season, which is so, never a bad thing. So I'm not very smart on like the caponomics and the way that you have to finagle Same. the system. So like, say we had $40 million in cap space and say we say were that. trying, say we were trying to trade for, I don't know, a random player that might be making around 52 million uh dollars next year in the valley potentially somewhere um are we allowed to just send back the difference in salary or because we cannot absorb the entirety of that player's salary into our cap space are we required to match within the 125 to whatever range like are we you put me on the spot i think uh, you have to be able to absorb it um to use your cap space like that. I don't think you can, can combine cap space with another contract. So then extending. That could be say, wrong. I don't feel confident in my answer right now. Okay. Sorry to put Seems you like on the spot. Seems like a very appropriate, then, very appropriate then, question like, right now from Dustin based off. Your... Yeah. So like, and, and, and Dustin's a real one. He's always, he's always out there repping. Um, 
so that that would make sense for the the extension for Gordon Hayward. And then if we're extending our player, then we could theoretically trade him as soon as the new league year starts, right? If the if we put in the extension, no, fairly it would soon. be like a January. It, it, extensions push it even a little bit further than signings. Okay, so like we would have January to fifteenth thing, yeah. kind of like the Jeremy Grant situation, right? Yeah, I guess this year. Okay, so we wouldn't be able to to extend him and then use him in a a trade scenario. Not um, immediately. The best we could probably do is to not extend and then do a sign in trade situation to you could absorb. Do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, th- or you can just we could just let him walk or and you know use forty million. I mean, I know you're you're thinking somebody very specific with that fifty two million dollar figure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have the well, answer for you on that guy. Well, well, I mean, there there I are two forwards. There are two. There are two former uh, Thunder forwards that could fit into that spot mm. uh, in mm. the off season. Um, one of which has not signed. Resigned an extension alongside uh, Kawhi Leonard, so there are a lot of mm, options. There's a lot of flexibility uh, for us moving forward. Uh, that I'm sure we'll get into some of those storylines come like June after we get done celebrating the parade and all that stuff. Okay, so does anybody else have Gordon Hayward trade thoughts? No, that was I, I've I, I've said all I've said. Um, oh, wait. We might have oh, a number of thoughts. We have a quad pod. Hey. <laughs> Alex, quick, quick recap on the Gordon Hayward trade. This is the, we're, we're doubling back again. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. Nice. Um, uh, so I enjoyed, I enjoyed the trade. I thought it was boring at first. I, you know, Yep. Sometimes whenever you sometimes whenever you talk about trades and the trade deadline, you can psych yourself up thinking that your team is going to do these magical things. Um, and yeah. and it did it didn't happen. You know, it, it didn't happen. Um, but we traded out three players that number one, two of the players weren't even playing at all. Michich probably was not gonna play in the playoffs at all. Um, and so we traded three of those guys out <clears throat> for somebody who, in theory, in theory, could possibly play in the playoffs. Um, can y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Maddie I did Double something. Dribbles popped the thumbnail on the screen. <laughs> My bad. Oh. Sorry. <clears throat> that was the so he could possibly play in the playoffs if he's healthy. Um, so, I mean. The it's a it's it's kind of a low risk high reward type situation. Um, you know we didn't give up too much, and you know we could possibly get a player that could you know possibly be a, a rotation piece in the playoffs, and so that's what you're looking for. You know, and when you when you make these types of trades, especially mid season, um, so that and I totally love the the little Dallas first round pick pick swap later in the future, um, because yes, I mean if. If things go that, bad, yeah. you know, like if Dallas doesn't make it to to the Western Conference Finals, you know, this year, and they don't make it, you know, and they don't make it past that here in the next couple of years, you could definitely see a situation where Luca's like, "Look, 
I need to go somewhere else. You know, I'm not Dirk. I'm not just going to stick around and hopefully win a championship here. I I, want to go somewhere else. And so, you know, we could be parlaying the 27th pick, the 25th pick in this draft for, you know, possibly the the sixth or seventh pick in the 28 draft. And so that's how you keep stockpiling talent whenever you have a great team. Like not too many teams have been able to have a great team and then be able to, you know, supply that team with these rookies, these high draft pick rookies that could possibly make your team better for longer. You know, Golden State tried it. It didn't really work out that well, but I would put, I would put the Thunder's front office and scouting department against any team in the league to find that type of player that would enhance and continue uh, the the greatness of that team, you know, the dynastic greatness of that team, you know, the possible dynastic great greatness. Um, and so I thought it was a I thought it was a, a good um, a good trade deadline, and I thought it set us up very well for the off season to do things in the off season. And so I think yeah. it was an A. I, you know, I honestly think it was an A. The, uh, the we haven't trade. talked about the we haven't talked about that uh, Dallas yeah uh, pick swap at all. Oh, I, I encourage game. people to kind of try to take a holistic view of the pick strategy that Sam Presti is using and not look too specifically at this one trade to get an asset that, you know, frankly, we could have given up a first round pick and get nothing in return. Like that's a thing that could easily happen with this trade. But the thing is, this is now the third one where he's given up a current value pick. He did it with this one. He did it with, um, to a lesser degree, the Clippers pick where he traded the worst of our 2026 picks for a 2027 swap. He did it with uh, the Denver pick where he traded a very late first for a lightly protected first way in the future. He's just stacking these gambles. And if one of these five works, like if he takes one of these late first round picks and gets us the 10th pick in 2028, when we're like super contending, um, mm-hmm. I don't care. You, I'm not going to look at that and say that's a 20% hit rate because he went one for five. I'm going to look at it and say he did this five times and that was a strategy. He traded five late first round picks to get one top 10 pick, which you can't do. It was an overall overarching strategy to get lucky one time. And if you stack enough odds, like one of these teams has to be bad. Like we have a vested interest in a third of the league at this point and half of the leagues in the lottery, more than half, <laughs> wait, slightly less than half, 14 out of 14 30 of are in the lottery. Yep. So like it's a, it's a gamble, but it's, it's a zero sum league. So like somebody's got to be in the bottom. And so I just like the, the overall, it's kind of like a big thought experiment we're watching in real time and I love participating in it. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of other trades that kind of went on. Uh, and I, I don't know if you guys want to talk about them at all. There was the Knicks that kind of went, did a lot of great stuff over the, the trade deadline. There was um, the Jazz picks, or the Jazz, jazz trades, I should say, that helped us a lot because we trade those away. Um, but yeah, the, I don't know if you had any other like trade thought. Oh, 
We have another. We have a. Do we have another? Do we have another? Another I, one. I I do. What is going to happen to the screen? I do have a. Th- uh, I don't know. Another trailing thought of the Gordon Hayward thing before we completely move off. Yes, off of Maddie, that. go ahead. And while while you say that, we're going to welcome on our fifth guest to the <laughs> podcast. Feels like a feels like a spaces. I. Guys, I don't know. I don't know if we can keep doing this. We keep we keep go running back the Gordon Hayward conversation because because <laughs> well, everyone keeps joining. Uh, but we're welcome in uh, Thunder Chats, uh, Dylan. He's he's on the YouTube live from somewhere. I don't know where. Not his normal place. <laughs> he looks like he's uh, sequestered somewhere. I, so, he seems yeah. like in a, a sane asylum. Dylan, don't blink <laughs> if you're being held against your will. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. That long ago that so, so here's a storyline I haven't heard anybody really talk about. Um, the other night was Kobe Bryant night where they, they unveiled his statue. Vanessa got to talk and all of that stuff. Um, J-Dub, who is our emerging star, has a tattoo of Kobe Bryant. Uh, is is a, obsessed with his work ethic and all of that stuff. And just recently, uh, our newly acquired Gordon Hayward was on the JJ Reddick podcast and was talking about working out with Bean and all of that that went into it and that that relationship kind of like blossoming a little bit. Um, by extension, J Dub's going to be able to get some some tutelage from Mamba through Gordon Hayward. And I think that's going to really help cement that relationship. We've already secondhand Mamba. Secondhand Mamba is better than, you know, firsthand almost anything else. Oh no, Dylan popped out. Um, He's gone. It's just one of those, one of those things like we already see Chet, right? Getting, uh, working out in the off season from KD. Like, they talk about all of our youth that we have on this team and the lack of experience that they have, but they have avenues to be able to go get some counseling from some old heads that are going to be able to put them in a good position. So I think, I think that's a very interesting storyline. I haven't really heard anybody connect those dots, but that's, I think that's pretty dope. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see Gordon Hayward and J dub like tight pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, Dylan, what are you, what are your thoughts on the Gordon Hayward trade? <laughs> yeah, I love him, man. <laughs> I'm cosplaying <laughs> as him right now. I got I got the beard. I got the uh, I got the Hornets colors. You know, like all the all the, all the jersey swaps that you see. So, no, nah, man. I mean, I, I love him. I'm not gonna rehash it as much. I just I you know I was watching you guys live, and I saw Moles join. I saw Alex join. And I was like, oh, I got to join in. Uh, Cone and hope, Jerry are actually joining later, so like it's it's gonna be a lot of yeah. Fun. I was gonna say I, I hope Cone and Jerry join in like in like five minute segments of each other, so we can just get their recaps of the Gordon Hayward trade individually. That's my dream. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be great. Not nah, peppered throughout. I, I'm not gonna stay. I'm not, I'm not gonna hijack hijack it. I just wanted to say hi to everybody. I just want to jump on the five things. Love. Say. I love Gordon Hayward. Uh, the pick swaps fun, and uh, just uh, no my. My sign off for today is we championship. Hell yeah, brother. Y'all y'all be good. Take these boys. All right. That was Thunder Chats.
So I we think, appreciate him. and you were Matt, you were kind of trying to pivot a little bit toward like broader trade deadline, and something that has occurred to me is it was kind of a dead trade deadline. Like not a lot of big names were moved. If you look at the landscape of how of which people were moved, like if healthy, Gordon Hayward is among the best players who was moved on this trade deadline. Like PJ Washington, yeah, Buddy um, Hield, Buddy Hield, Bojan Bogdanovich, um, I think are like the competition. Basically, Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam was moved before the deadline. He would obviously yeah, Pascal like, and OG. OG. Um, but like at the deadline on deadline day, um, I think he was the he was the guy. Like given who was available, like Presti went and got his guy. You know, like I think Definitely. this was an aggressive deadline, basically for Sam Presti. A lot of people were worried that he wasn't doing anything. Like he did the thing. I agree. I agree. Um, so we have like we have several comments um, about like why didn't the Thunder get a center? Like, should the Thunder go get a center? So I think we should probably address, you know, the missing piece of the trade deadline, if you so, will. So, Steve, I, I loved <clears throat> – I think you put out a tweet a couple of days ago that either quoted somebody or you, you just kind of came up with this yourself. But, you know, everybody talks about they love the way the Thunder play when they play, you know, basically almost a small ball version, but with having Chet out there because Chet can play, you know, a variance of five and four. <clears throat> and then, you know, people at the same time want to be like, but the rebounds, but the rebounds, you know, and it's just like, I think this team wants to go into the playoffs and see how they do with what they currently have. So I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to go try get Robin Lopez. If we would have gotten somebody, we would have gotten somebody at the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, Justin Huber asked if we would get Robin Lopez as a buyout. I think he's kind of washed. Um, he, he's a delightful personality. I wouldn't mind having him around. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't think he he's going like, to be a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy, though. Um, you know, I a good point, I think, by Grady Garrett. He said this, you know. 40 minutes ago at this point, but he said last game, nobody was hitting the boards. It's an effort and the will to get the boards. Rodman wasn't a big, and I do think there's a lot of that. Like we saw um, maybe a couple months ago, a little bit of a switch flip where the team like had a meeting and was like, this is a focus now. And it hasn't been awesome since then, but it's been better. We've been like, you know, something like the 24th or 25th rebounding team instead of dead last. Like it's been a little bit better and it's been better enough that our turnovers offset it like pretty purely. So I I don't know about the rest of you guys, but it's been like a long time since I worried about the rebounding. I know that's like a hot button topic, but I have based on the data I've seen and based on like the ways the decisions we've made to offset these things. I'm just like, it's going to annoy us. We're going to, we're going to probably lose a playoff game quote unquote, because we give up a big offensive rebound at the end. But we're gonna win a playoff game because we force a turnover and get a break breakaway I, dunk, and I don't want to yeah. break any of that to fix this other thing. So, like, and I think that's just that's the philosophy that the team has adopted. I think the yeah, I agree with their that philosophy as well. The rebounding is like you can live with it if the other things in this. Scheme hold true, and if the 
the turnover battle continues to favor the Thunder, then I'm okay with the rebounding because I, I'm completely in on giving up the rebound battle if the turnover battle is heavily favored for us. So um, at one but point we were... I'm, but I'm sorry, more important than the turnovers balancing it out is that we continue to have efficient offense because yeah. that is the real thing that correlates with winning more than turnovers, more than rebounding. And the thing that I don't want is to bring somebody in who gunks up the offense and stops all the driving kick and, you know, the whirlwind of, of driving kicks that we get going um, because that leads to open shots. We, we are tops in the league in creating good open three pointers. We are among the top two or three teams in, offensive efficiency when you look at field goal efficiency um and not only that but with chet in there and with the way we scramble on defense we're one of the top few teams in the league at holding the other team away from being efficient so like on i, I see so many people mention andre drummond even though he is not a free agent i don't know how we would get him that's what the he's, trade deadline he's in the buyer market steve he's in the buyer he's not, market steve he's not you either. never know he could be. He could be. The Chicago Bulls, they might do it. But, like, you plop Andre Drummond down in the middle of either end of this team, and I think it completely disrupts the flow of the offense and the scrambling nature of the defense, and both of those are, like, the best things that this team has going for them. Like, I, they will not do it, and I don't want them to do it. Matty Moles has a correlation. Yeah, so I watch a lot of football. Oklahoma City Thunder, probably a lot of Sooner fans on here, right? Like, all the smart guys say that the most efficient way to play offense in, in football is to throw the football because you get more yards Ooh. per play. All that stuff, the efficiency numbers are higher. <clears throat> and that's what the Thunder are doing by kind of playing this positionless uh, game. The ball moves around and all that stuff. It's not as traditional. Whereas like traditional football is like you line up, you run the football three yards in a cloud of dust type of thing. So like us getting a center that would be a plotter that couldn't shoot, that couldn't decision make, that couldn't do all those other things would be like putting Adrian Peterson in a spread offense in a way. And it's like, he's really good at running the football and, and being in that like physical type of a scheme but he's not he he's not great out of the backfield. He's not good at being versatile, keeping defenses honest and all those other things. Like the center position and the running back position, especially like at the pro level, there are a lot of correlations, right? Like you don't have to pay big money on those guys. You can go in the draft and replace them. Um, positional value is not super important. And I think that the Thunder are really leaning into that mindset. Now, Chet, you know, being a five, he's not a traditional five, which is everybody's complaint because we're getting killed mm -hmm. on the glass a little bit. But that's the thing. Like, we're leaning into our philosophy and we're going to double down. The benefit is this isn't our one crack at it, right? Like, if we got to eventually change course and just bring in a guy to help get us through a series, like, we can eventually do that. But it's it's... You know, I trust Presty to make the calculated decisions here and not put somebody or put our team in such a such a way that takes away our versatility because that's what makes us dynamic. That's the reason why we've taken the league by surprise on a lot of uh, a lot of levels to get to this point. So 
Like, yes, would it be nice to have had a Drummond just sitting there ready to go? Maybe. But maybe Kenrich Williams is actually the better fit for what we want to do than what Drummond would be in those minutes when we just throw him in there hoping and praying that those are the right minutes that we have to have the rebound. So um, that's a long way to say that there are correlations there, positional value, uh, there's cost-benefit, and I think that our front office is is really leading the way in a lot of those those uh, that mindset and how to address that. So it's not a big of an issue. Uh, Steve's done a great job on Twitter, kind of uh, highlighting those metrics for us to talk some people off the ledge. But apparently, there are a lot of people still there hanging out. I just I just find it kind of funny and ironic that we've come full circle. Where whenever Kendrick Perkins was, Perkins was here, we were like, hey, get him out of the game. We need Serge Ibaka playing the five. We need space. We need shooting. And now that we have space and shooting, everybody's like, we need a plotter in there just grabbing rebounds and taking up space and completely clogging up the lane. Like, it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of funny to me. It's, uh, it's another one of the things where <clears throat> when a GM gets a real shot, with a team and that team ends and they have to do the tank thing. A lot of times in this league, most times in this league, that means a new GM is coming and you rarely get to see a GM get an opportunity to have a big go around and learn from what happened the first time and try again. And we're seeing Sam Presti on his second attempt, what lessons he learned. And he's now had 10 years of analytics, the Thunder have been a very analytical team for the entirety of their existence. He has 10 years of data to look at, uh, of custom metrics, of you know, like information that's internal that they will never share with anybody. And this is the strategy that they've come up with, and like, and it's working like crazy. And I'm just I'm enjoying it so much. And I just I love to see like the evolution of the team and the evolution of thought process. Cause yeah, he wouldn't go small when we all wanted him to. And now he's like, who needs a big? Like, <laughs> I just I just love to see the evolution there. It's so great. Yeah, I, I, it's been great. Um, I want to talk about the potential because even though we made a pretty good trade in everybody's opinion, it feels like, we have an open roster spot because we did a little three for one. Uh, the buyout market is opening. And right now there are some players that are available and I kind of want to get everybody's opinion on what they think about them. Um, so let me open this up real quick. See if I can get it to share. While you're doing that, let's just mention Lindy Real Waters was signed, yeah. converted to a quote we did, yeah, we, multi-year contract. Yes. We we mentioned the at the very beginning, but yeah, Lindy, he's got a multi-year contract. I think Alex was the one who mentioned in the group chat that this happened last year, but uh yeah, yeah. kind of just it, it's probably not actually a multi-year contract. It's no. probably a, it's probably a three-year yeah. deal with the second year a team option and the third year non-guaranteed or something I like mean, that. I think there's a high possibility that he does not finish the season with us. Yeah. Because the same yeah. thing happened last year. You know, we signed him to that deal 
get your money. I think I think first we did Omaruyi like that, mm-hmm. signed him to a deal, and then released him. And then I think we did the same thing with Lindy, to the point where I think you know, a lot of people didn't think that Lindy would be coming back. They thought, okay, he's going to go ahead and continue his career somewhere else. And we actually brought him back on a two way. Um, and so, I think we're probably going to do the same thing this year. Just go ahead and kind of cut him, let him get his money. And this may be the end of the line for Lindy because I don't think he can be signed as a two-way next year. No, he can't. And it's it's nice. I love to see them, you know, giving these two-way guys real money when they can. I think it's going to pay dividends at some point in the future. We're going to pick up, like, the most coveted two-way guy because he knows we're going to cut him a check at the end of the season. And he's going to be good. So, uh, I mean, we've seen it already, right, with Ludort. But I think it's going to pay dividends. I think... There's probably not very big of a chance that Keontae Johnson doesn't get converted just based on they used a pick on him last year. Like, he'll probably stick around. I think Olivier Saar would probably be useful in the playoffs, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be nice to see both of them get converted, actually. And so for that, it would either be Lindy Waters or Poku who would probably get waived to open up the extra spot. Oh, um, so yeah. I don't know if there's much more to say about Lindy. Lindy Waters. I know some people were mad about it, but I'm never going to be it's mad fine. about seeing a oh guy. Oh my pick gosh, up the hate, the hate on Twitter, man, was crazy. Yeah. Like, like who the hell do you want to sign at this moment? Like, literally, none of the buyout people have have been bought out. Like, nobody, yeah. you know, nobody's gone through waivers yet. Like, I mean, that, that's a perfect transition because look at this freaking bio marker right now. This is everybody that's been waived. Like. I mean, who? I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie. Poopoo poop platter, guy. man. Just a bunch of poopoo platter out there. A bunch of bunch of cuckoo caca. Bad. It's bad. Nobody. Maybe Thad Young. But Thad I think Young. He's pretty washed. Yeah. He's, five years he's ago. got that one graphic with Michael Jordan where he did like the one. I don't know. He had that one graphic. I, I need to pull it up. No one it's else. It's not good. And and the thing though, even the thing about the buyout market, like the undesirability of the Oklahoma City market aside, the thing right. that usually attracts buyout players is the role that they're promised. If there even was a strong center on the buyout market, someone we wanted, what are we going to promise them? We're going to promise them twelve minutes a night, but also you know we might go small mm-hmm. with Kenrich at center some nights. So like that's going to be a DNP for you, but if you want to come and play occasionally, you can come. Like they're just going to go somewhere who can offer them like twenty minutes a night, or they're going to go to LA. So I'm not even like really going to waste my time worrying about it. Buyer market is pretty trash. The few semi decent guys who might be out there are guards. Thank you, Big Mike. Yep. That's pretty much what's going on right now. There's a couple other guys that are rumored. Um, a couple of guys that I looked at before we went live, DeLon Wright, Otter Porter Jr., Andre Drummond, pretty much still not the guys that we need. Poo-poo. Yeah. If you, if, if, I mean, I don't know if you're concerned about Gordon Hayward's injury history, like don't come talk to me about Otto Porter. No, nope. So yeah. We'll we'll see in the next episode how the buyout market looks, but uh, 
Right now, it's not looking great. Not looking great. Yeah, I think this sure. is the squad, you know, and we'll roll with it. Um, we we should mention it was reported today that Gordon Hayward's not going to play until after the All Star break. Yep. So yep. the Thunder have three more games against playoff teams until the All Star break, and I get not wanting to integrate somebody on the fly. Like, let's go with the people who know what they're doing, and then he'll Absolutely. have a week and a half to learn the system. They'll get some actual practices in. And then he'll come out of the break, um, hopefully comfortable. He's gonna score. He's gonna score twenty plus against the Clippers. Watch, that would be great. Mm. Handy to well, have a wing, a, a biggish wing against them, eh? Yeah, biggish wing. Yeah. Well, we before we have that, we have the Mavericks on Saturday. Matinee. It's a matinee game. We've got. The new Mavericks. I don't know if they're going to have their new trade assets in the game that that night. That, I would that think probably afternoon. like to play with the Mavs. It's just like go stand in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> like they don't I have an integration. Yeah, is, is Lively out? Yes, that's huge. That's pretty big. Well, it's I mean, they got Gafford. They have well, Gafford now. They have PJ. They can get him in, but yeah. yeah. P.J. Washington's in. Dylan's allegiances are going to be divided that game. Dylan is going to have a, a tough time. But, yeah, the – the Probably it every feels game. Like, I mean, there's a feels Kentucky like, guy on every team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, dude. The, Unlike North Carolina. The, Listen. Elliot, Elliot That's a little Easter egg for Dylan. I have – Armando Baycott is such a good player, and he's not going to make the NBA. And it's so sad. <laughs> I'm not so sad. <laughs> who who plays more games Armando in their career? Is? Hey, who plays more more games in their career? Zach Eady or Armando Baycott? I don't think either one of them makes the NBA, dude. I'm... Oh, Eady will make the NBA. He just won't play that much. He won't play. I mean, yeah, like NBA games. I don't think either one of them plays. I think Zach Eady is going to make it. He's too big. He's too tall. I, but yeah, Armando Baker is such a legend in the UNC, and it's just so sad that he's not going to make the NBA at all. It's really sad. But we're, we're going on a tangent. The, the Mavericks game on it, I got to say, it feels like centuries since the Thunder have played. I, I've been kind of like, Three days off, not man. sure. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> not sure what to do with my time right now. And uh, I, I'm glad we're just back in the rhythm a little, a little bit before the All-Star break. I, I got conditioned at least every other day. I expect a thunder game to happen. Yeah. Whenever yeah. a bell rings, yeah. I start drooling. Like it's just the yeah. craziest thing. I've love you uh, lately. You hear a whistle. When you hear a whistle, you're like, okay, let's go. Let's go. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting if the, the newly acquired Mavericks play, um, I'd like to see PJ and, and, uh, I would not blank it on the, Blank yeah, the other guy. I, Gafford, I would not yep. like to see them play. No, I'm I'm out on that. <laughs> Please. I'm just interested in like a basketball perspective. But in terms of Thunder, yeah, I'm hoping they don't. The the game will be uh that is a matinee or like the afternoon two o'clock. Game. So it's mm-hmm. two. Okay. Both of them this weekend, yeah. Yeah. Both. The Super Bowl, so, baby. Oh yeah, I think, right. I, think the, I think the I think probably the Saturday one got matinee because 
they had to matinee the Sunday one for the Super Bowl. So then they were like, well, we yeah. can't make the Thunder play twice in 18 hours, 18 hours or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So we'll confirmed. make a play twice in 24. Yeah. We'll just crank that, crank them both back. Um, so yeah, the, the second one on Sunday is the Kings who are currently handling the Nuggets for us. They Shout beat them. Kings. They I beat them all. Yes. That. It's over. Yes. That game is over. Like 135 to 116. The Lakers mm. are beating the Pelicans too, which is nice. I just I appreciate a little breathing a little breathing room between us and, nice and, and that room. that next chunk of teams, you know. So the real nice. the real question post trade deadline on a scale of one to one being we championship to ten being we championship, do we championship? <laughs> I think so. I like that we championship five. What happens in we the middle of the scale? Does is there a? There is no. Business. We also championship. We 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 championship in seven. Okay. Mm. I say we championship in seven. Championship in three. <laughs> Hell yeah! Who, yeah was that, who was I, that guy last year? Nuggets in four. Uh, it was Suns in four. Suns in four. Yeah. <laughs> the Suns in four. Out of somebody else. <laughs> I see your Suns in four and Rayshie Thunder in three. <laughs> So, so if you had to, uh, I'm going to say for the, well, actually we're going to probably not stream again until after the magic game. So we have three games prior to our next podcast, unless there's a crazy ending and we have an emergency podcast. So I'm going to say two and one, and I'm going to say we win against the Mavs. We win against the Kings and we lose against the Magic. Ooh. Well, I take. I predicted a four and one, and we already dropped the Utah game, so I am obligated to go with three. You and have to for consistency. Yeah, you have to. You have to legally speaking. I'm painted into a corner here. Nobody, Maddie, Alex. Uh, I'm gonna go two and one. Uh, I'm gonna say we lose to the Mavs, and then we beat okay. the Kings and beat the Magic. Okay. From from Thunder and three to Thunder in all three, so yeah, Thunder win nice. every game. Damn, good good stuff. So we will be hopefully back on Tuesday, <laughs> but I hope earlier. Um, if not, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the weekend. If you're listening to this, bang on, bang, uh, YouTube. Please like. We've enjoyed the uh, chat. We've enjoyed the the live viewers. We appreciate you. Please like. Please subscribe on the YouTube. We're trying to get the 500 viewers or subscribers. Excuse me. Um, so if you can make that happen, we would appreciate it so much. Um, and if you're listening on podcast, just you know do the normal deal. Subscribe. Listen in. Um, five star review, baby. Five star review. Five star review. If you got that on Apple, we appreciate that as well. Just look at Alex's lighting. Like, look at Alex's lighting. It's, it's so much better beautiful. than last time. I've got that light bulb up there. Yes. Look at that. Look at that. Look Industrial at that right lighting, baby. Man, full it's of great. ideas over there. It's great. Um, so appreciate you all listening to the end. Uh, like and subscribe. Hoop when you can. God bless.
And as always, Thunder Up! Thunder Up! Because of what? Because of Super Bowl. Isaiah Joe's play. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.